Hey there everyone, this is Chris Hargraves from tipsforlawyers.com and this is the Tips for Lawyers podcast episode number 43. We are heading towards 50, a little bit more slowly recently because frankly I've been really busy. So uh, episode 43 of the podcast is today. Before I leap into it, can I please remind you uh, to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review and a nice comment of some kind. I do read them and I really appreciate them. You can Get there most easily just by going to tipsforlawyers.com slash iTunes. That'll redirect you over to the iTunes link and you can leave a review and have a look at what a few other people have said there. Over the last couple of articles on Tips for Lawyers, I've been looking in particular at this concept of wellness. I, I admit I don't really love the term. Uh, it's the current term floating around that seems to get used, so I thought I'd go with the flow on that one, it seems a little bit airy-fairy for me, uh, but there it is. So we are continuing in that vein with podcast episode number 43. But before I get into that, I thought I'd just give a quick recap of where I've gotten to so far in the series on wellness. So in the first episode, or the first article, I should say, I took a look at whether your law career was really just wrecking your life. Uh, and in there, I had a bit of a look at some of the more disturbing statistics, in particular in connection with depression and substance abuse and a few of the issues that lawyers face throughout their careers. And really there, I was just setting the scene. Then I had a look at what I called stripping bear, but mostly just for the provocative title. In reality, what I was looking at was essentialism for lawyers. That is, figuring out what it is you actually want and then analyzing what you do and what of what you do compares to what you want. So in a sense, it's a combination of finding your purpose and of effective goal setting. But what most people find when they go through that exercise in an honest way is that there is a huge collection of things that happen in your life that bear no resemblance towards activities that work you towards your fundamental goals, whether professionally or personally, it doesn't really matter, although obviously we're focused on things from a professional sense. So we collect a lot of dross, a lot of detritus around us that weighs us down. It takes our time, it adds to our stress, and by and large, it makes it much harder to get that feeling of working towards your goals in a deliberate and conscientious way. So that was the idea of essentialism. It was about stripping away some of those purposeless tasks and activities that we have a tendency to do in our life, much like you might clean out your wardrobe from time to time. So if you wanted to check either of those articles, you can get them at the show notes at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 43. And I do recommend you have a look at those. They're uh, interesting read for the start of the series, and they do set up some of the matters that are going to be spoken about today. Fundamentally, what are we talking about today? We are talking about, as you would have gotten from the title to this episode, is it really necessary to work long hours? I've called it, do you have to work 20 hours a day? Because some lawyers work that, not many. It's at the extreme level, I admit. But hours are a huge contributing factor for many of the issues that lawyers face. And so I did want to take a bit of a look at that today, have a bit of a chat about it, give you some thoughts to work through in your own minds. If this is an issue that's concerning you, either about where you are now or where you're headed, then 
I do recommend putting the brakes on, taking a few minutes, making some notes, or just having some introspection about these issues. So, owls themselves, what do they contribute to? Well, firstly, they contribute to stress. The longer you are at the office, the less likely you are to have time doing other things, but in particular, relaxing, spending time obviously not focused on the job, spending time not working around at other people's directions, and so on. And they all contribute to your stress. This is not actually an episode about stress. I'm going to do another article about that soon, but it does contribute to stress if you're at the office all the time. It also affects your family if you have one. Uh, It affects your friendships, if that's a greater concern than family, depending on where you're at in your life, because not spending any time with your family, well, I think we all know where that's going to head. It's going to head to disagreements, it's going to head to a deterioration of relationship, it's going to head to huge problems. You need to invest time in the relationships that matter. And I've spoken about that before in the context of working with your legal assistants. So it is an important component to be wary of when you're working long hours, in particular as a young lawyer where you may not have a family yet. And I hear a lot of young lawyers use this, oh, I'm going to put in the hard yards now and then ease off later. Well, I can promise you that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without dramatic changes. In fact, what happens is you sink into habits that you start telling yourself are normal where you get to work at 6am and you leave at 9pm. That is not normal. That is abnormal. And you have my permission to tell yourself that if that's what you're doing now, because the amount to do only becomes more as you become more senior. And if you want to know what that looks like, just have a look around your firm. I don't know what size firm you might be working in, but if you are in a firm, have a look around and have a look at the budgets of the senior lawyers around you. I expect they'll all be higher. Now, add on to that the fact that senior lawyers have to supervise junior lawyers. They have to engage in a greater series of marketing activities. They generally have a greater administrative burden. They might be on internal committees. They might be doing things otherwise than charging, and yet they still have significant budgets to meet. So if you're telling yourself that you're going to put in the hard yards now and ease off later, it's never going to happen because you're creating expectations in yourself and in those that you work for that that is how hard you work. And so if you do get married or if you do enter into a relationship and you actually want to invest time in it, it becomes impossible because you've already lost the expectation game. And so it is going to cause significant issues there as well. The last thing, of course, it results in is everyone being tired all the time. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you haven't got time to eat properly, a lot of people exercise. I'm not one of them, but a lot of people exercise and find uh, they get benefits out of that. So it will leave you tired and it will leave you borderline depressed. I'm not talking about clinical depression. I'm talking about if you spend the majority of your waking time in the office or to and from the office, then you're going to have issues in any number of areas of your life. I don't think... That is necessarily news intellectually to anyone, but I wonder if you genuinely believe it because looking at the time investment a lot of young lawyers actually put into their careers, I do wonder whether they have heard this sort of information before but have not internalised it because you can look at their behaviour and it is distinctly at odds with these kinds of things that in fact we know to be true. It's not exactly a great secret. Just jump on Google, you'll find a million articles about it. Some of them will be mine and you'll realise that your habits are not reflecting what they should if you genuinely believe that that kind of thing is an issue. So, there's our baseline. 
long hours can cause issues. But this is, of course, a pragmatic podcast and not an airy-fairy one, except for occasionally. And so I wanted to take a look at the career side of things in terms of working 20 hours, because this is where we start from, by and large, which is we all know that lawyers work long hours and we all know that lawyers work hard. And I think that is fundamentally true. And I don't think you're going to escape that wherever you go. And if you think you can, uh, then good health. But there will be consequences for that. And we're going to have a look at that. So let's inject a little bit of reality. It would all be nice if we could work nine to five jobs, but that is not the reality of the profession. The reality of the profession is probably somewhere in between those two examples. So what are we going to look at in order to help you through this process? First, I want to ask you this question. Why do you care enough to be working long hours if that's what you're doing or if that's what you're intending to do? What is the driver? And I think this is an important thing to hone in on. And it comes back to that essentialism, that purpose approach to determining how we behave. Because people decide to do this for a bunch of different reasons. And I think it's important you identify why. The first and most obvious reason is you've got lots of work on. That's possibly true, although it's possibly not true. It's possible that you've told yourself that and it's possible that you're not working as efficiently as you could. And it's possible that you've said yes to too many things. And in fact, rather than actually having that much work on legitimately, you've become overwhelmed because of poor choices that you've made and you don't know how to escape from that. So, Lots of work is the obvious example, but it's not always the correct answer. Sometimes we work lots of hours because we think we need to be in the office for lots of hours in order to be seen. Now, I wonder if that's you. I wonder if we've watched some television, we see people getting into the office at 1am or whatever in the latest episode of Suits and we think, oh, maybe I should do that too. That's how people get ahead. Get to the office at 4am, work till midnight, have a shower have a coffee and then start over again. That is, of course, what television life sometimes tells us it's like. And it's what some young lawyers think they're going to do for more than a few years in a row without burning out. And I can tell you that's not going to happen. But maybe you're there because you think it's good for your career to be seen in the office for the extended hours that you're putting in the hard yards and you will be rewarded appropriately for doing so. And I'm not going to lie, that may be the case. You may get those rewards. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But you need to be live to the fact that if that is your habit now, it's going to be difficult to sustain going into the future. Because I'm sure you know that lawyers burn out fairly regularly. Lawyers do get depression. Lawyers do develop alcoholism. Lawyers do get substance abuse issues. And most of those at higher than usual rates compared to the general populace. We are on most lists of professions most likely to do damage to ourselves in various ways. I think we're also on a list of most likely candidates for being psychopaths. So that's a pretty good list to be on as well. And you need to be live to that possibility that you can't in fact sustain that for more than a short time. And if you're going to be able to work over the long haul, because law is a long haul and you're going to retain your sanity, you need to start putting the brakes on and reassessing how you're actually approaching this particular part of your practice in terms of your hours and in terms of what you're doing throughout the day. The next possibility about why you might care is, and it's connected to the last one, but you might be competitive. I wonder if this has come up. Do you leave before other people or do you leave after other people? It's an interesting question because you notice how a lot of people 
in the profession have a tendency to leave around a similar time in the office. And I think, if I had to guess, it's because they're all waiting for the first person to leave. Now, some firms aren't like this, but others are. If you're the first to leave more than a couple of days in a row, what kind of impact is that going to have on your reputation? Is that your concern? Is that why you're hanging around in the office, even though you may not necessarily have work to do? Are you just there because you want to be there and because you don't want to be seen as the person who leaves first? That's a competitive element. And lawyers are fundamentally competitive. Let's be honest about this. We are competitive people and we do not like to be seen as less hardworking. We do not like to be seen as lazy and nor are we most of the time. So I think you need to reassess if that is you. What in fact are you achieving by being in the office? Are you actually achieving anything tangible or are you just demonstrating in fact that uh, you're not actually able to do your work efficiently because if you're sitting around for that last, say, half hour or so, just waiting for it to tick over to 7pm at night so that you can leave when all the other hardworking young attorneys do, but you don't have any billable work to do, let me ask this, what are you doing? Are you doing non-billable work? Are you doing it effectively? Are you twiddling your thumbs or are you padding your time? And this is where we start to become borderline unethical And so I want you to think about it seriously. If you don't need to be there, if you are filling up tasks to your allotted time, then you're not working ethically and you're not working in your client's best interests. And I think it's important for you to identify it as that because it is a slippery slope. If you are telling yourself that you won't be leaving till seven o'clock, then I can guarantee you that the tasks allotted to you during the day will expand so that you have work to do until seven o'clock. It's just that you won't be doing them as efficiently. If you tell yourself you're leaving at six o'clock, then I suspect you can get all your tasks done by six o'clock as well, except for in rare circumstances where you might simply have too much to do. So those are three possibilities. You have lots of work to do. You want to be visible in the office or you're being competitive with your peers. So have a think about that. Have a think about whether there might be other reasons why you're in the office all the time, because identifying the reason is an important aspect of whether or not you genuinely need to be working the hours that you are. The next thing, of course, we need to take into account is who are you working for, both at an individual level and at a firm level, and what are the expectations of that firm? I am not so naive as to say that firms in some areas don't have massively high expectations, and if you signed up for it, then that's what you've got. And I suspect you didn't sign up for it not knowing that was the case, I suspect you knew exactly what you were getting into, and I suspect, because most of you are very, very smart people, that you told yourself, I can put in the hard yards. So if that's what you've signed up for, then I don't want to be giving you advice that's going to be getting you fired. So you need to be looking at what the expectations of the firm are. It's probably not rational to think that you're going to be able to change those expectations, at least in the short term. You might be able to tweak them around the edges. You might be able to have a conversation with your boss saying, look, I'm here for 12 hours a day or 14 hours a day, but for no apparent reason can I go home at six o'clock tonight because I've got nothing to do. I do suggest you exercise some prudence, some caution and some wisdom in that conversation. Be sensible about what you're hoping to do. But if your boss and your firm and those expectations placed upon you are that high and you can't see yourself lasting with that for any significant length of time, or for that matter, if you fundamentally disagree with it, then I think it's time to start reconsidering where you work. There are simply some things that are going to be very difficult to change without a few generations passing, and this is one of them. There are firms out there that have a culture 
of people working extremely long hours. And that can be hard to shift because there are plenty of other people who are stupid enough to want to work there just like you. So you need to consider your options if that's where you're at. If you cannot handle those hours, but you are at the kind of firm where they are expected, then you need to give some thought to whether you're in the right place or not. The final thing you need to think about is, are you genuinely achieving anything by doing this? Go back to the purposes that you actually identified and have a think about how rational they are. If you've been there for a couple of years, ask yourself if they've had the desired effect over those couple of years. If you've been putting in 16 hours a day every day for two years with a view to getting a promotion and you haven't got that promotion or you haven't got a significant pay rise, is it actually doing anything? Or are you just committing your entire life and for that matter, a good proportion of your sanity to this law firm for no apparent reason? Interesting question, right? Because we do have a tendency to be optimistic about what we can do over the long term. And law is a marathon, not a sprint. So you need to be extremely cautious about investing heavily of your time in a short term goal if you're not going to actually tick off on that goal very quickly because you're going to have an impact on your life in the broader circumstances. And if you have a mental breakdown by the time you're 30 because you cannot handle the hours that you have decided to put in, then I don't think that's necessarily going to be anyone's fault but your own because you've made a series of poor decisions. I know that won't help you if that's actually going to happen, but I'm encouraging you to think about it now. Think about the long term now, not the short term, because you are going to be in this profession probably for a long time. And ask yourself if you can do 30 years of what your current hours are or what your intended hours are, if you're going into a firm that has that expectation. And if you can't, and if you have other options, and I accept that not everyone has other options, then you need to really think strongly about what the trade-off is. And that's the last thing, of course, which is what is the effect if you do make some of these tough decisions? What if you go to another firm? What if you don't take the job offer? What if you have the conversation about wanting to actually work normal-ish hours? And what is normal-ish hours? I don't know. It varies from firm to firm. Maybe you can expect to have something like a 11 to 13 hour day. Maybe it's a 10 to 12 hour day. Maybe it's an eight hour day. It does vary pretty widely between different places to work, between different size firms, between different practice areas. There are different pressures placed on people at different times of the year. Everything has its ebb and flow. But if there is a consistently high expectation in a firm and there are, it is well known to you, then you do have a choice. And I want to make that clear. You do have a choice. It's just a question of whether you're prepared to deal with the consequences of it, no matter which way you go. If you decide to work there, then you're going to need to deal with the consequences of having a 16-hour day. If you decide not to work there, then you're probably going to need to deal with the consequences of not getting paid as much as you might like. If you move firm and you're going to a lesser impact firm or a lower profitability firm, or for that matter, a lower tier firm, you can probably expect that you will be paid slightly less money. That is the reality of it. So what is the trade-off? I'm always told you can't buy happiness, uh, but at the same time, depending on how much debt you have, you also, uh, if you run out of money, that's no good either. So you do need to be realistic about it. But at the same time, I really want to encourage you to think as if you have a choice, not think as if you have no choice, because there are choices available to you. And it's better to make them consciously, deliberately, and strategically than it is to make them in a whirlwind of crushing mental asphyxiation when you inevitably come 
to the boiling point and you're incapable of actually making good decisions for yourself then. So take a moment, think about whether the hours you're putting in are reasonable or rational. And I'm not saying when you're preparing for a trial, it's not reasonable to have a few long days there. That's going to happen. If you have 110 settlements the next day and you've got to prepare all the paperwork for them, you're going to have a long day. That's just the nature of the profession. But if you can manage your time in such a way to achieve what you need to achieve, get paid what you need to get paid, do the work you need to get done and leave in a timely fashion, perhaps even in daylight, then I'd encourage you to give that some consideration too. Those are my thoughts on the Notorious 20-Hour Day. This has been Chris Hargraves from the Tips for Lawyers podcast. You can find links to the couple of articles I mentioned at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 43, and I'd encourage you again to leave a review at tipsforlawyers.com slash iTunes. Have a great one, and I'll see you next time.